Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. Kristen here, a holistic health coach and certified intuitive eating counselor. But today we are going to be talking more like a couple of friends than I am a, you know, health coach and intuitive eating counselor because what's going on in our world right now is a little crazy. And I think all of us could use a friend to chat with, even if we are chatting with our friends now. A different perspective is always so welcome when we are so physically distanced. Of course, I hope you are staying connected with your family and friends through all of this, but I just want to be another voice and another perspective for you um, just to kind of bring you a little dose of real life from my side of the world, from my side of the country. So I thought I would take a few minutes today and just give you guys a little life update on our front, how life is going for us, and a few of the lessons that I've learned from being in semi-quarantine. Living a healthy, balanced life as a mom can sometimes feel impossible. With tiny mouths to feed, butts to wipe, and so many things vying for our attention, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe every mom is a super mom. And you deserve to feel like one, too. And you don't have to go on another diet to do it. Join me, Kristen Dovniak, holistic nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor, for conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life. I want to help you uncomplicate eating, improve your relationship with food, and live like the supermama I know you are. We have been physically distanced from our friends and most of our family for about six weeks now. At first, we were in quarantine from March 16th through the 30th because my husband was away. Most of you know he travels often from work for work. He's a professional sailor and he works in the sailmaking industry. So he was in the Bahamas and he was actually like on the water when most of the craziness regarding quarantine and social distancing really happened. So when he got off the water, he was pretty stunned at what happened over the last, you know, five days where he was doing a distance race. And we kind of had to quickly navigate 
what it was going to look like reintegrating him into our family. And really, ultimately, it meant that for the good of our family and for the rest of the world, even though it wasn't mandated at that point, a couple weeks later it was, uh, we did self-quarantine for two weeks. So we didn't see anyone, even my parents who we'd been staying with for a few days when we thought my husband might not be able to come home. They've been such a huge help and I'm really grateful we have been with them since the beginning because it means that we get to stay close to them and my kids can still see them and um, that's kind of our our inner circle. We're not seeing anyone beyond that. So that was kind of our first two weeks of social distancing and when all of that started for us, the mandates started coming out and there were many more restrictions put on leaving the house. We were never, we've never been officially declared shelter in place here in our state, but we have stay at home orders. And at this point, it's now April 20th. We have also have, you know, we have orders. We have to wear masks when we go into stores. All essential businesses are closed as, or non-essential, I mean, uh, businesses are closed as of a couple weeks ago now. Um, so, you know, it's just the grocery store and pharmacies and things like that. And and ultimately, those are the only places we've gone to. I've gone to my parents' house to film some videos because they've got a nice big kitchen. And my kids have spent a little bit of time there. Um, they're all healthy and we feel safe doing that. But literally, those are the only people we've seen. And then I've gone to the grocery store a couple times, but I'm trying to limit that as well. Um, but we've had lots of deliveries, you know, we've gone and made sure we've gotten orders from Thrive Market, even though it's taken a little bit longer to support them because we love the products through them. A little bit from Amazon. We got our butcher box orders. So we're really grateful that we have those online resources. So we haven't had to go out too much. And to be honest, we are both introverts, my husband and I. And even though we have one very extroverted little kid who is going so stir crazy and we're both kind of like, we don't even know where she came from. What does extroversion even mean? <laughs> we're okay staying at home, doing our work. Um, we're pretty comfortable not seeing a ton of people all the time. But we really do miss our friends and our family gatherings. Easter was so different this year than it ever has been. We've actually hosted Easter. Easter for the past few years in our little apartment. We don't have a huge place. Our apartment's only like 1,100 square feet, but we've hosted 12 to 14 people for the past few years. And because I'm a former chef and I love to cook and I do love to host on occasion, it's been a real joy to have my family come and to take that burden off of my grandma who did it for so long. And she's in her 80s now and she's fully capable, but she does like every other um, holiday for our family. So it was weird not being able to give them that gift. But at the same time, we also got to connect via Zoom. I got to see my 80-year-old grandparents try and use Zoom for the the first time which was so cute and my grandfather is like a world renowned professor <laughs> so he's super super smart but he's in his 80s so it was a really unique learning curve for him but he got to see us and he got to see the kids and that was just a really cool and beautiful experience that we wouldn't have been able to experience otherwise so even though it was different and we didn't have the joy of hosting or being with our family and friends or being able to go to church and worship as a community 
we were still able to come together in a new and unique way. And I'm really grateful for that. And I think that's one of the the big things that social distancing or physical distancing has taught me. And that's gratitude for the things that I don't think I, I ever had gratitude for in the way that I do now, like technology. So I thought what I would spend some time today doing is just reflecting on what this time of quarantine and physical distancing has looked like for us, what has worked for us and what's feeling really good, what hasn't worked for us. I want to be really honest about some of the things that aren't going too well because it is not all sunshine and rainbows around here. In fact, in New England, it has been a lot more rain than it has been sunshine. And that's been one of the more difficult parts for my husband and I, who are both super outdoorsy and like to be outside as much as possible. So I thought I'd go through 10 lessons that I've learned during quarantine. And as I go through these, if any of these resonate with you, I would love for you to connect with me over on Instagram at Healthy Mama Chris or over on Facebook. Healthy Mama Chris is my page over there. I want to hear what lessons you've learned from quarantine as well. I want us to maintain this sense of community when we are so physically apart. I know many of you are all over the world. I know at this point, uh, I think Antarctica is the only continent that this podcast hasn't been heard on. And I'm so, so grateful for that. So whatever part of the world you're in, whatever you're going through in terms of social distancing and quarantine, I'm praying that all of you and your families are healthy and you're not affected by this um, in terms of your health. And if you are, that you're recovering quickly and, and staying well. I know this can be devastating for so, so many people in so many ways. And a lot of the lessons that I've learned during quarantine are very privileged and very different than the lessons people are learning when they are undergoing treatment for COVID-19. So I want to put out that compassion and that understanding that I know that the problems that we are having are trivial and the things that we are grateful for first and foremost are our health and our well-being and if you are not in that situation know that my family is praying for you and the reason why we are you know, social distancing and staying away from the stores and things like that are because we hope that we can be healthier as a nation and as a world really soon. But even so, I also want to validate all of you for with the understanding that we are all going through struggles during this time. I've worked with a lot of clients over the past few weeks who feel like they can't admit that they're struggling in certain ways because they're not affected physically by the virus. We are all affected by this virus, even if we are not affected in our physical health. So I want to validate you too, and that it's okay if you're struggling. It's okay if you're not struggling, and this feels, you know, pretty okay for you, that you're an introvert too, because a lot of us are talking about how there are really good things and really bad things, and if you're like, oh my gosh, thank goodness I don't have to interact with people, (laughs) I feel like that some days too, and that's okay too. So whatever you are feeling right now, it's okay. So as I share my feelings, hopefully some of these things will resonate with you. If you do, if they do, I want you to share with me on social media or shoot me an email. I love hearing from you, whether, you know, it's after an email that you got from my email list. And if you want to sign up for my email list, I send out emails once a week, sometimes more, but most often it's just my Healthy Mama Monday email. That's just healthymamachris.com slash list. And I share most recent podcast episodes, most recent recipes and blog posts and anything else, you know, fun that I've got going on for you. 
But whether you were responding to an email that I put out or a podcast episode or just want to share something that I've shared that has helped you, I really, really appreciate all of your emails and I do really appreciate the connections. As much of an uh, introvert I am, I love and appreciate this community so much. So I'm Chris at HealthyMamaChris.com. So I want to hear your responses. I want to hear if these things resonate with you and whether they do or not, I want to hear the lessons that you've learned during your social distancing, during your time of quarantine. So the first lesson that I've learned is that routines make the world go round. Okay, I already kind of knew this. This wasn't something brand new that I had to learn because I am a creature of habit. I love my routines, but I think now more than ever, letting some of my routines go and maintaining some of my routines have both been incredibly revealing for me. So first and foremost, my morning routine has needed to stay as, um, you know, static, I guess, as possible. I've really needed this steadiness of a morning routine where I wake up early, I wash my face, I brush my teeth, I come out, I put the diffuser on, I make myself some lemon water, I get the coffee brewing for the French press, I unload the dishwasher, I feed my sourdough starter, which is something I've started during quarantine. I, you know, I I sit down with my Bible or my devotional and my start today journal and I go through and I connect with the Lord first and foremost. And then I do my start today journal, which is um, something from the Hollis Co. They've created Rachel Hollis. Most people know Rachel Hollis. I love their start today journal. And really what it does is it has you um, reflect on five things you're grateful for, which I think has been even more important during this time than any other time in my life. And I try to be really specific about this, things that happened in the last 24 hours, not just I'm grateful for my family, I'm grateful for my health, because of course, I'm grateful for those things. But I'm grateful for my two-year-old's giggle. I'm grateful for a fresh-baked loaf of sourdough bread. I am grateful for that incredible email that I got from one of my followers. Whatever it is, I try to put out five things I am grateful for, and then I write down my, my 10 dreams that I'm putting into action. So those are that is the start of my day. And We've had to kind of manage my figuring out my morning routine now more than ever during this time of, I'm just going to call it quarantine because there are so many, we're calling it so many things, but I'm just going to call it quarantine because we're mostly quarantined. And oh my goodness, my kids are so off their routines and so off their schedules and day blends into night. And so they've been waking up really early. And honestly, we've let our, and I'll talk about this later, but we've let our two-year-old just watch Elmo in the bed with my husband. So he gets a little bit more sleep when she wakes up at 5 a.m., which is when I normally wake up and I need my quiet time. When I don't get it, I'm grumpy. I'm not centered. And I really need that time for myself. And I want to use this just as encouragement for you mamas who feel guilty about taking time for yourself, about sometimes giving your kids screen time so you can get that time for yourself. Friend, you need that time. You need to take care of yourself so you can better take care of your family. Now more than ever, there's a lot of stresses and anxieties put on us that have never been there before. Um, and even, you know, the things from before that feel a lot more heightened now. 
I want to give you grace and permission to go ahead and take that time for yourself, okay? I understand, you know, some of that those feelings of guilt and they were there for me too and I let them go pretty quickly because I know that I am a better mom and a better wife and a better coach and just a better woman in general when I take those 20 to 30 minutes for myself in the morning. I've also been trying to keep up with some sort of activity, but this has had to change a lot during quarantine because uh, we, we do live in an apartment complex, which I'm grateful for for so many reasons. We have a pool. It's too cold here in New England to use the pool right now because it's an outdoor pool. We also have a little fitness center, and we, I also work at a co-working center, which has a daycare. Um, it's called the Cogshell Club. It's incredible. Any of you who are nearby, if you if you know me personally, oh my gosh, it's so incredible. Everyone come join when they open their, their second club, <laughs> uh, when they're open up again, really. And they have a fitness space there. And so I typically get my workouts done either, you know, in between work uh, when I'm there or at the treadmill because I'm a runner in the fitness center of our apartment complex when it's cold like it has been. And it's slowly starting to warm up. I'm able to go on walks and runs outside. But it's typically still not warm enough to go at like 6 o'clock in the morning when I would like to. And I don't want to be waking my family up or our downstairs neighbors up by jumping around and doing an at-home workout. So I've had to shift my routines and know that movement's a priority for me because it helps me clear my head. It's really good for my mental health and my physical health. But I've had to kind of shift and do more lunchtime workouts, which is very new to me. It was really uncomfortable at first because I don't love, I love starting my day with movement and I had to kind of come to terms that it's okay if this is still a routine even though it looks different. Something else that's really helped us is maintaining a meal planning routine, just making sure that we have our meals planned even though our meals are looking a lot different than they did before, just kind of planning it out and being really flexible about it, but just making sure that we're looking at the things we have on hand and utilizing everything we can because we're trying to only go grocery shopping about every two weeks, if not more. Right now we're in a phase where I did a massive grocery shop this weekend. Like I probably I probably never spent so much on groceries all at once for our personal family. I certainly have as a personal chef, but this was a lot because I want it to last us three weeks. That's my goal. We're going to make it happen. Our meals might look weird at the end, but I want to do my best to stay away from the stores and still serve my family well. So planning our meals, um, block scheduling is something that we've implemented for some time now, but it's been really, really crucial in figuring out my husband and I, um, our work schedules, because both of us work from home and also homeschooling and making sure that we are getting in the distance learning that our kindergartner needs um, and also things like Zoom calls. Um, for me, a lot of my work is client calls and podcast interviews, and my husband works in sales and he needs to be on the phone like all day long. So we try to block things out as much as possible. And so those are things that have really helped us. Routines have really made our little world go round during this time. The second thing I've learned are that teachers are saints. (laughs) I think many of us realize this now, but also that homeschool doesn't need to look like school. We homeschooled last year for pre-K for my daughter And this year has been honestly so much harder than last year was. The reason we homeschooled last year was because our daughter really wasn't thriving at the school she was at. And we really, to be perfectly honest, didn't want to be shelling out hundreds of dollars a month on school that she wasn't thriving at, she wasn't enjoying, and she didn't seem to be growing in. So we kept her home. 
And we were really happy doing our homeschooling routine. It was it was difficult with a baby at the time and figuring out how to make sure I was still educating my daughter well. But creating curriculums is really fun for me. I'm a natural teacher. That's why I do what I do. And I really love homeschooling her. And this year, oh my gosh, she has the most wonderful kindergarten teacher. We could not ask for a better kindergarten teacher. She's sweet and she's loving and you can tell that she loves the kids and she loves her job and she and the other teachers are doing the absolute best they can at their job during this time. But it's really hard to not create your own curriculum and follow someone else's curriculum that's constantly changing and constantly evolving just because they're trying to figure out something that they've never done before either. So this has been really difficult and it's been really good. The teacher's really great about meeting with them. So she gets to see her face and her um, friends' faces. And she's even gotten some one-on-one attention, which is really great. But it's still definitely been difficult. So some of the things that have helped us are number one, lowering our expectations significantly. Getting the things that she needs to get done, done. So making sure we are working on the main things first. So she's in kindergarten. So these are things like sight words, having her practice writing, and then she draws pictures to go along with her writing. Um, Lots of read aloud stories and having her practice reading herself, Um, beginning addition and subtraction and counting, so much counting and skip counting. So those are the things that we focus on. And then we remember that they learn through play. And they learn through doing. So we do a lot together. I bring her into the kitchen with me. I'm teaching her how to use a sharp knife, which freaks my husband out. But you guys, I have a culinary degree. I'm confident if my kid cuts her finger, it's 100% my fault because I'm not teaching her well. (laughs) So I bring her into the kitchen and we've baked bread and we've made baked goods and we've chopped vegetables. And I've taught her about different cultures and different flavors because that's my forte. And those are the things that I love. And it's also a great teaching opportunity. She's learning through playing. She is teaching herself the xylophone, which is so cute. My mother-in-law got her this really cute little xylophone a couple years ago and gave her kind of an outline of the notes and how she could create songs with the notes like, you know, twinkle, twinkle, little star and happy birthday and She's taken an interest into teaching herself how to play the xylophone, which is awesome and not something that I think she would have thought of before if she didn't have as much time at home. She loves writing and telling stories. She loves pretend play. And you can just see her growing in so many ways, even when it's not through her schoolwork. But consistency is also really important too and that's something that we've definitely learned that she needs the consistency of starting at the same time each day, doing the same order of things each day so it doesn't feel haphazard. We start with some morning writing and um, drawing time and then we move into read aloud and then we have a little break where she watches our local zoo, the Buttonwood Zoo, is they are doing these really, really fabulous um, zookeeper chats every day. They do such a great job and so we watch that every day at 11 and then after that she does her math work while I make the kids lunch. Then we sit down and have lunch and then my husband switches over to homeschooling in the afternoon and she does more read aloud and more math and science work and things like that. But so the consistency is really helpful but making sure we're focusing on the main things first and we are not stressing out too much about getting it all in. Remembering that she learns through play, remembering that she learns through doing taking lots of breaks so she's not getting overwhelmed by it because it is really distracting being at home 
And I think those are the best things that we've learned that it doesn't need to look like it does at school. She was really uncomfortable at first with the fact that she had gotten used to a routine at school and it wasn't the same at home. But once we got into a new routine and a new consistency with our distance learning at home, it's be- it's become a lot better. She doesn't fight it as much. And we have not figured out how to balance the two-year-old and the six-year-old. I'll be honest, there are a lot of drawn-on walls and messes and broken things <laughs> because we're trying to homeschool our six-year-old while still having a two-year-old at home. But hey, we're doing the best we can, focusing on the important following their lead, following her lead with what she wants to learn, um, you know, within the parameters of making sure we're getting her her schoolwork done. And it's taken us some time, but it's definitely been a lot more joyful, even though it's been hard. So number three kind of piggybacks on number two, and that's that a bunch of screen time won't kill our kids. <laughs> I was the mom when my daughter was itty bitty and I did not want any screens around her at all. I didn't want her to see a single screen. I was so nervous. It was going to fry her brain and that's changed over time and it's not that we allow our kids unlimited screen time. We definitely have parameters around it but we rely a lot on screen time and even for our little one because we have to get work done. I have to meet clients. My daughter has to be, my older daughter has to be homeschooled. And you know what? We've got to rely on some of the screen time to make sure that those important things get done. And that's okay. As soon as those important things are done, we turn it off and we play. Or we allow them to play. Or we sit together as a family. And it's not perfect. And they're getting way more than I could ever really hope for her to. But I'm not sweating it. They're going to be fine. It's only a short period of time. Number four is something that is deeply related to the work that I do and the women that I serve. And it breaks my heart to hear so many women so concerned about their bodies and the weight that they're going to gain during this time of quarantine. We have bigger things to worry about than the quarantine 15. And I've talked already about movement during a crisis. Um, You can hop to my last bonus episode. I'll have to, I'll put the link in the show notes. I'll have to look back and see what episode it actually was. Um, But I talked about getting movement in and how to make that a part of your routine. But I also talked about how it's okay if we don't move as much. It's okay if our routines look differently. Because it pains me so much to still see the jokes and to hear about people worrying or focusing on their weight during this time. But you know what? I can sympathize so much because four years ago, I'd be in the same exact place. Four years ago where I was meticulously planning and prepping and measuring and tracking all of my meals because I thought that was the only way to be healthy or to maintain a certain size, I would be going crazy right now. The girl who spent hours and hours at the gym who felt like she needed to progress every single time or she was a failure. The, you know, the girl who weighed herself not just every day but multiple times a day because I was so afraid of what would happen if I gained a few pounds. I can feel that and I can feel how difficult that this can be because that would be me too. But I do believe that this is such a great opportunity to look at the big picture And to realize that there are way more important things to worry about right now and ever than our weight. That there's so much more to us than fitting in to our genes. And that there are so many other ways to be healthy 
mentally, physically than the size of our bodies. And that the quarantine 15 or gaining weight is the least of our concerns. Our goal in all of this is to come out healthy and alive and a better, healthier, more alive world. But it's also a really good opportunity for myself as a, an intuitive eating counselor and a holistic nutritionist to realize how many people are still struggling. It can be really easy being in this world and being surrounded by so many incredible women who are so, you know, anti-diet. And I'm not anti-weight loss by any means. Um, it's just the pursuit of weight loss as the only means of health that I'm, I'm not for. Because our weight doesn't dictate our health, our habits do. So, you know, maintaining and maintaining our habits during quarantine, it might just not be the time for that. And that's okay. We need to take care of other aspects of our health other than maybe our fitness routines or the way that we're eating. Or, you know, we have to focus on our mental health instead, making sure that our kids are healthy and safe, making sure that we are keeping our immune system up, that we're just staying alive and that's okay the worst thing that can happen from this quarantine is not that we gain weight but if you are feeling like that I am with you in understanding why and I want to tell you that it's okay if you feel like that and it's also okay if you're not ready to change that feeling yet but I want you to remember that there are so many more aspects of our health than just our weight and the worst thing that can happen coming out of this time of quarantine is not that we've gained a few pounds so that's all I'm going to say on that but that is one of those big things that it, it just breaks my heart and it pains me so much but knowing that I would have been there four or five years ago too breaks my heart even more and makes me so much more grateful for where I am now and so much more on fire to do the work that I do in helping women feel good, eat well, and live well beyond dieting. Because we do not need diets or restrictions or cleanses. I've seen so many people like, what's the perfect time to go on a cleanse? Like, why would you want to be more miserable during this time? Your body does not need a cleanse. Your body needs to be taken care of as best as you can to the capacity that you have during this time. And that being said, number five is it's okay to feel things even when the world is feeling bigger things. I talked about this a little bit at the beginning. I love right now following anyone on social media who is being super real right now because life is not normal right now. It's okay to feel. And we don't need to be guilty about feeling even when there's bigger things going on in the world. Even if your family is safe and healthy, it's okay to be feeling. It's okay if things are hard. This is hard, no matter what your situation is. And I love the ladies at Feeding Littles. They are some of my favorites to follow on social media. I've done both of their courses. Um, they work on child and infant feeding. And we're going to get them on the podcast as soon as they have some updates to their course. Um, hopefully in the next few months. So stay tuned for that. But they're just really incredible, and um, I really love Megan, one of the team. She's a dietitian, and Judy is an infant uh, or an infant and child feeding specialist. And Megan was talking a lot about how she's struggling through this to balance things, and I so appreciate her honesty and her realness in her struggle, even though her family's healthy and they're doing well. That this is still hard, and validating women that it's okay that this is hard, that no matter what your situation is it's okay. And 
I think I've needed to spend a lot of time during this time of quarantine encouraging my friends in this way and also encouraging the women I work with in this way that yes you are healthy and you are safe and it is okay to be both grateful for that and to recognize that this is hard and you'd kind of rather life to look different and it will look different soon it's going to be ever-changing and ever-evolving and life is never going to look like it did in the past because we've gone through this and that's okay we can experience the hard and choose to grow through it instead of struggle through it. It's okay that we are struggling, but it's also okay to say, all right, I'm struggling. This is hard. I'm going to do my best to just keep on keeping on and move forward as best as I can. Number six, one of the things that I've learned so deeply and being someone who has always loved to be outside, oh my gosh, if I could live in a cabin in the woods, I would. (laughs) Sunshine is so underrated. It has been so rainy and chilly here in New England, like I mentioned at the beginning, but when we do get that sunshine, even that little glimmer of sunshine, it is such a game changer. So I've been so grateful to get outside as much as possible. I'm trying to convince my husband to move to California. It makes absolutely no sense for his job right now, <laughs> but it has been it has been really wonderful to get outside as much as possible. Okay, friends, this is getting long, so I'm going to try and, and whiz through the next few. Uh, number seven, our world is hurting and it's becoming a lot more apparent. Now, there are a lot of mixed thoughts on what is valid and what isn't when in terms of what the media is putting out in terms of, you know, clear skies in LA and clear waters in Venice and things like that. Um, but, and much of this I know is is short term when it comes to environmental changes, but even so, I hope this is a wake-up call because I think it really has called to light some of our own habits and realizing how much our our just everyday habits are affecting our world. I think it's one of those things that we know but oftentimes we'll keep blinders and earplugs on about where we're like, oh yeah, we should use less plastic and maybe drive less and maybe focus on local and, and things like that. But I think that seeing the changes so rapidly improve in our world as we are have as we have been in quarantine is really revealing and so I hope it is a wake-up call for for us as a society that there is so much that we can do for our world just by changing simple things number eight is that less is more oh my gosh less activities less commitments less social media Life is lived off of social media, you guys. I know that I was consuming so much more social media in the very beginning of this time of quarantine, and I got so burnt out so quickly. Even though social media is part of my business and my favorite way to connect with the women in my community, I was doing a lot more consuming than I was connecting. And this burnt me out really hard, and I had to really pull back. And it also made me realize how much I had been doing before and how grateful I was to have less commitments, to have those commitments taken away from me so that I didn't have them anymore. And I'm still doing things that are scheduled. I'm still scheduling webinars and lives and book club with my friends, which is so fun. And we have a weekly community group with our church group and a weekly call with the other parents at our kiddos preschool. So we still have commitments and we still have things that we're doing from the comfort of our own home, but it's still so much less than before. And it's been so 
life-giving. It's really made me realize that when I'm spending less time scrolling and, you know, then I, and more time connecting when I am going on social media, it's so freeing. Just turning off my phone more, putting it away, turning off notifications, accepting that less is more, spending more time with my family, and more time deep within the work that I feel really called to do, and deep in connection with the women in my community rather than just scrolling and liking and scrolling and liking or watching random memes and gifs. And I've been doing plenty of that. <laughs> my husband have like we have a little game where we kind of just send things back and forth to each other because it's fun and lighthearted even though we're in the same house. So that's still been happening, but I think I've really, really realized how much less is more. Number nine is that meals do not need to look a certain way. I mean, I already knew this, but even more so, we've had to lower our expectations significantly. And as a creator and a former chef and someone who is such a huge foodie, I've really had to take a step back and and realize that I still had some views about what a, a meal needed to look like in order to be a meal, not even necessarily to be balanced. We still have the components of a balanced meal on our plate, but more like, oh my gosh, it has to have this, you know, this many sides, or it has to have this many ingredients or this type of flavor. Or I think I've, you know, overcomplicated meals in a way that I hadn't even realized. And this has really helped me take a step back and look at meals in a different way and simplify things a lot more and just realize that my family just needs to be nourished and we need to stay home as much as possible. So we need to make do with what we've got. It's required a lot more creativity and it's actually been really inspiring. I really enjoyed that a lot. And last but not least, gratitude. So much gratitude for our health, for our jobs, for being able to work at home, for being able to support women each and every day through this. Friends, I'm still offering free mini sessions now through May 1st. You can sign up at um, either on my website or at the link in the show notes. I just like connecting with women, whether you come on as a client and we work together for months or we just have one 30-minute chat. I want to support you in this because it's my favorite thing to do to make women feel, to realize, not just feel, but realize that they're not alone, that we are all struggling through this in different ways and it's okay if things are coming up for you in terms of food and your body or your health and I love supporting women through that and the fact that I can do it at home and we're still maintaining an income, I'm so, so grateful for that. I am so grateful for our healthcare workers who are on the front lines, who are risking their own life each and every day. We have quite a few friends in the medical world um, who are nurses or doctors or even, you know, dentists and anyone who is up close and personal with people and, and at risk when they are serving them in their calling, I'm just so grateful that they are doing the very best they can to keep our world as healthy as possible and to bring people back from this illness that can be so, so devastating. And I'm also so grateful for family close by, for the connections that I'm maintaining, not just with my community online, but with my family through Zoom and, and my husband's family too, through Zoom, through my fr- with my friends. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for technology. And even though I did say that less is more and we, I've stepped back a lot on things like social media, 
I'm really grateful for the the in-person connections that technology has allowed us, even if we're not physically in the same room. So I have so much gratitude. I am so, so grateful for our health and our family and our jobs and our healthcare workers and our connections. And I think so many of you feel the same way too. So that was a lot, friends. It was a lot more than I had planned on sharing, but I hope you guys found some connection with some of the points that I shared today. That's kind of what's going on for us, the things that are working and some of the things that aren't working. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on Instagram at Healthy Mama Chris. Connect with me on Facebook. Um, my page is Healthy Mama Chris, or you can join us in the Healthy Balanced Mamas community. I haven't been pouring into that community as much as I want to, and I'm hoping to dig into that a little bit more. I've had a lot going on in my business the last couple of months, but I love that sweet little community. I share posts um, and I love to create some connection with all of you listeners over there as well. The links will be in the show notes for that. You're always free to shoot me an email. And if you love this podcast, if you love these episodes, please let me know by shooting me a five-star rating and review over on iTunes. Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women that need to hear it. I'm grateful for each and every one of you who is listening. I pray that you are all healthy and safe during all of this. And let me know if you like these little life updates because I'll I'll keep them coming. Hopefully they won't be this long. (laughs) All right, friends, stay safe, stay healthy, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.